No Chains Podcast. This is your host, O Black. And your co-host, Lewis. How y'all doing this afternoon? Man, man, we want to tell everyone before we start off, hey, if you don't follow us, go follow us on all the platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at No Cuffs, No Cuffs, No Chains. Again, at No Cuffs, No Chains. We want to take this time out to shout out a black-owned business, um, G Styles and G Styles Beauty Supply and G Styles Barber Supply. That young man is G Styles. He owns both. If you need any beauty supplies or any beauty supplies, you can contact him on Instagram or direct DM him at G Styles. And he's located in California in IE, but he's currently opened up locations around the U.S. right now. G Styles, love what you're doing. I'm going to continue to support you. And thank you for supporting us, man. Black yes, sir. Yes, sir. Any beauty supplies or barber supplies? Hit my dog up, man. Hit G Styles up, man. Today's topic, man, we're going into mental health. This is mental health month still. We took the opportunity to get a young lady that's been a therapist for quite a long time for I think over over 15 over years. a decade yeah over a decade she's been a therapist we took the time out to get her to come in and talk and she's a, a young black lady she's a young black lady you know we mm-hmm. want to get individuals that come in that is you know keep it surrounded with the culture make it relatable you know yeah. we want to make it we want to get somebody that can that understands that better understands, you know, the stigmas and the things that we've been going through. So, you know, we not to say that others don't, other races don't, but we want to just reach out and you know, get somebody that's that is near and dear to us, you know. So, yeah. make sure we we going over questions and you know things that we feel individuals may want to ask or afraid to ask or never had the opportunity to ask. So we want to get those out there and basically, you know, add some awareness, add some, some, some knowledge to some of the things that are around mental health. Cause it's something that we all deal with on a daily basis. Most definitely. And we're also talking from our own personal experience. Like we tell you on no cuffs, no change. We want to keep it authentic and real. This Miss Robinson is an individual that I know that is real and she's very authentic. And she try mm-hmm. to keep it a hundred, a hundred, like, like mm-hmm. we say. Keep it a hundred. You know, keep it a hundred. She's going to come in and keep, give us the real deal truth, you know, and correct us when we're wrong. And that's what I love about her most. So 
I'm going. We're going to take the time to bring Miss Robinson in. She'll be calling in, and we'll be asking questions from my own experience, but also questions that we know other individuals have. I'm Adrian Robinson. I've been doing private therapy for 12 years. Private prior to that, I was child protective service worker. The way I happened to get into therapy was. Actually, it was uh, an occasion where I interacted on the behalf of my mother. And I noticed that she was dealing with a social worker who was not giving her the proper respect. And as a result of that, I felt like it was very important for African-American people in particular to be in a clinical setting where people are giving them the proper respect. And so over the years time, one thing led to another. I was given the opportunity to go to school in Medino County, eventually got my master's and went on to pass my licensing exam. Wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, wow, that's, that's, that's powerful. I, I felt that. I feel an energy from you, like a, a realness, a rawness to you. It's, it's, it's refreshing. It's really refreshing. Thank um, you. No problem. But like I was saying before, I was, I'm a person that's back, you know, like, I'm not going to say, like, in my childhood, when, when therapy was brought, if anybody said therapy, it was, it's associated with a negative connotation. Like, if somebody says, like, I'm going to therapy, it's normally not associated with something that helps you. So it's, even I, I was, as me and Otis were talking about this uh, on Tuesday, we we're talking about mental health. And I was like, why do I, why when I think about therapy, I associate it with something that's not good. And I think about like the movies I will watch. When I used to watch movies and they say somebody's in therapy, it'll be like somebody that's like over the edge. Like they, you know, they need hurting themselves or they're trying to hurt somebody else. So from your personal opinion, why do you think, especially in the African-American community, there's such a stigma on therapy, psychological therapy, I should say. Well, I think the, uh, the stigma exists for exactly what you said. You know, the media, uh, the movies uh, present it as someone who is completely non-functional in day-to-day life. But in reality, therapy helps people to deal with a variety of family relationships, personal adjustment issues to life. And it's just like any other health issue been left untreated, it does become critical. But if it's treated in a timely fashion and uh, a compassionate kind of way, then people can release some of these frustrations that are building in them. Think of life experiences that are building divorce, parents dying, sometimes sexual abuse, a variety of abuse, and so forth, children with ADHD. If those things build up, it's like the soda bottle that explodes when you leave it in a hot car. It wasn't problematic at the beginning, but because it wasn't tended to, they exploded. Wow. What can we do today to help sort of change change the narrative on that. What do you think we can do as individuals? 
because we know the media is not going, they're not going to help. So what can we do as individuals to try to change the narrative on that? Well, one of the things that I do when I work with particularly minority clients, both uh, Hispanic and African-American, and maybe people in general, but particularly those individuals, I ask them to share their personal experience with their personal friends and let people know what the experience was like. But in a more public way, we need to let people know that emotions, be them good or bad, are legitimate, and they have to be dealt with. We don't tell people not to be happy. So, therefore, we should not tell them not to be sad. We need to do the same thing for both of them. We need to teach them and let them know how to deal with it. Well, I had a series of questions to ask you, but every time you ask, every time you speak, something else sparks up. So, I have a seven-year-old son, and in dealing with him and his emotions, like, I find myself checking myself because of the, you know, the things that I was taught, I'm realizing now that those things aren't correct. Even like, uh, and I'm trying to find a balance between like, not, I'm just going to be real. I'm trying to be politically correct, but not to be too soft, but not to be too hard on him. And it's like, is that something that's difficult or is that something that's like, you know, just training or what, what suggestion do you have? for raising young children and like how to find that balance between, you know, helping them deal with their emotions, but not letting them like overtake them where it cripples them. Well, okay. The thing is, as a parent and, and I, I'm um, a mother of two sons, very grown men now, but (laughs) raising children is hard. And, and there is no clinical way to say, all right, we're going to approach this in a clinical way. I mean, we're going to approach this in a way that is tender, that is loving. Well, that works maybe on Sunday afternoon when you come home from church. But if you've been working all week on Thursday afternoon, you got to stop at the store, the kids are hungry, they're in the backseat fighting, uh, throwing crayons or whatever at each other, mm-hmm. you're human. You're yeah. human. So what you have to do is to recognize that your children are human too. And just because the children misbehave does not necessarily mean that there's a clinical issue. Okay. Is that There's a difference between clinical and parenting. And you okay. have to, one of the things that I do when I work with parents is I explain that to them as well. Okay. Okay. That's definitely refreshing. So I'm going to talk about myself. I'm in this journey that I'm going through life. I'm finding myself in with also this journey with Otis. You know, we, we're, we've been friends for a while, but we have just, I would say in the last year and a half, we just recently like hit this point where we're really getting deep. Like it's not just like, Hey, how you doing? All the good times. We're really like talking about some things that, some deep things. I'm interested in seeking out therapy. So it's a nerve wracking thing. You know, I find myself like on the cusp, like I want to, then I'm like, nah, then I'm like, I want to. And then it's like, 
the process of going through it. So what suggestions would you have for somebody that's seeking out therapy and what should they expect on their, say their first visit? You know, because sometimes I find myself, I'm going in, I'm like, well, what do I say? I don't know. I don't know to say like, you go in and say, I got problems or I'm stressed or what do I say? Or do I just talk and let them diagnose me? Or, you know, like what suggestions do you have for that? First of all, depending, you know, you have to consider what kind of insurance and, and all mm-hmm. those things. But basically, when I get a call and someone said they're interested in therapy, I do a, a 10, 15 minute phone interview mm-hmm. just just to find out what, what they're looking for and then to give mm-hmm. them a sense of the way I approach it. Uh, mm-hmm. Therapy is, is, is like it's the same thing as if you were going to buy a new outfit. Every outfit's not going to fit. So mm-hmm. you should, when you call the therapist, you should try to get a general feel for whether or not that works, whether that's not that's going to work for you. Every person is not going to fit for every therapist and vice versa. And you mm-hmm. should feel comfortable saying, you know, thank you for your time, but I don't think this fits. And the therapist, in all honesty, should do the same thing. Okay. Wow, I didn't even think about that. So basically what you're saying is, you know, like you said, like, like you have to find the person that works for you. You have to, you don't just pick the first person you see on a piece of paper. You have to do your research and really have a conversation to see if that person can really, if you feel comfortable enough sharing what you need to share or if, they, if you feel like they can help you. Well, yeah, but you have to realize that that's the way I approach it. I can't mm-hmm. speak for anybody else. Yeah, and I absolutely have no idea how other people approach it, but that's the way I approach. I always try to do some time on the phone before they actually come in and they have a sense of what to expect. And before the interview, the first interview, when they do come in, I always ask them in one way or the other, are you ready to make some changes? Because the way I see therapy is that if things aren't working, that means you need to work something up. Mm. And if you're not ready to make a change, then you're not ready to work with me. Now, maybe you're ready to work with someone else, but that's the way I see therapy. Okay. All right. Let me jot these down. I'm sorry. I'm trying to – I'm learning. and Let me jot some of these things down. All right. So also, I got a, two more questions. So what do you feel like is a the biggest opportunity for minority communities as far as therapy? Like what what do you feel like is something that's always coming up or something that's like like this is a basically a trait that I see a lot? Well, it's not so much the trait. It's our response to it. Okay. And the, and the response is without number. The same thing, you and I can have the same event occur in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we both respond to it differently mm-hmm. because of our worldview. Yeah. I could be driving down the street. I have a flat tire. Uh, it's night. I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. You drive down the street, have a flat tire. Maybe you can get out, 
change your tire and go on about your business. Mm-hmm. But I'm freaking out. I'm a woman by myself. I don't know how to, to change the tire. I'm afraid to trust somebody. I've got some history in my life where I have trusted strangers before. It, it's not so much the incident that is an issue. It's our history that we bring to the situation that impacts mm. the way we respond. So like former trauma, basically. I'm hesitant to use the word trauma, but that could be correct. Okay. I just it, it, it could just be the way uh, you see the you world. Know, the way you see the world, exactly. Okay, I, I totally okay. I see. I, I see your point. Yeah, because that shapes your. So yeah, doesn't necessarily something happen to you, but just life experiences or going through life. That's how you view. You know, like you said, like I might get out the car, change the tire because. I'm used to that. I changed a couple times before at night, seeing my dad do it or so on and so forth. But, you know, somebody else had like, like you say, like you're a female, you've never done it. It's dark. There's not a good, it's not, you know, I, I, I totally understand that. Okay. All right. And lastly, what are five steps that a person can do today to improve their mental health? Just say they want to they're ready for change. They're ready to step into like a new light, but they don't necessarily have no the steps to take. What suggestion do you have for them? Wow. <laughs> That's kind of uh, difficult. Well, I think maybe the, the first step is, is to recognize that your life is not working. Okay. Okay. And that you feel like you need to be in a safe place to talk about what it is you're feeling, what kind of emotions you're having. And don't even worry about the why, but just, I don't feel like my life is working. And as a result of that, it's impacting my job, my relationship, just, just recognizing something is not working. And when you make that call, to a therapist, just tell them that. And then they will guide you through the process of asking you additional questions. And as they ask those questions, you start getting a broader picture of what might work for you. Hmm. Okay. I like that. I like that. And also, so as you're talking, I think and think more and more about therapy. I There are like the just society is all about physical health. You go to your job, what's the first thing to ask you? You know, you want uh, you want to get some health insurance. They make you get health insurance now because if you don't get it, then they tax you. You know, mm-hmm. health insurance, health insurance, health insurance, get your dental insurance. Like that's, that's something that's widely known. If you talk to any kid in high school, they know about health insurance, but I don't, I, I, I still find it very difficult to wrap my head around why they're not pushing mental health because your brain is not in the right place. It don't matter what kind of condition your body is in and your brain can actually help your body heal and do all kinds of things. So even like, like what you're saying with their insurances, why do you feel like that's something that's not talked about like mainstream, like just recently, I don't even even know when I was growing up if they ever had a mental health awareness month. I don't know if that's just happened or it's just been going on. I just recognize it now, but why do you think it's picking up steam now? 
I think because the stigma has started to fade away. Okay. And stigmas don't fade away overnight. Mm-hmm. And people now realize that you can be a functioning, but maybe not to your optimum point, human being, and still have some issues. You may feel that sometimes people don't realize that the issues they have are normal. If you have a family member that dies, you're grieving six months down the line. That That's not necessarily a clinical issue. Mm-hmm. It takes people a while to grieve. And one of minority families' favorite statement is, be strong. And I never could figure out why. Why mm. can't you just feel those feelings? We don't tell people not to be happy. So why do mm. we tell them not to be sad? Mm. Mm. Just thinking about that, I, I got I'm, I'm, I don't have an answer. I got my personal answer. I feel like, you know, as a black male, it's almost like you're in a, you know, we're like in the jungle. Like you can't be showing weaknesses because all these animals around you, and they looking, you know, every animal is looking for the the weakest one, the one they can jump on quick and just go ahead and devour that one. So if you're walking around moping looking sickly, I feel like that makes you a a high target for all kinds of things. Even in school, like if you ain't strong, you're going to get picked on. If you're not able to deal with this, you know, stuff. And like, and I also feel like as parents, it's a default. Like you don't know what to say. So you like, be strong, you know, just got to, you don't know you, you haven't, like you said before, like you probably haven't, you know, dealt with your issues or you don't know how to deal with your stuff. So you just Passing along, just be strong, man. Toughen up, get it together. You know, just quick words, just throw it out there, just to, just to, so you feel like, okay, I answered the question, I helped them. Be strong, you know. Somebody fall, like you say, somebody fall, and you, instead of being like, it's okay to be hurt, you just fail. That that does hurt. It takes some time to deal with that kind of hurt, but instead we just like, all right, dust yourself off. So that's my personal thing. I feel like for one. If you are not strong, you're seen as a like easy target. And two, okay. it's just an easy way for parents to just be like, or people to just, just like when people ask you, how you doing? And your automatic answer is, I'm doing good. You know, you don't really, well, you're not really like, I'm being bad. I'm feeling bad today. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. The thing is, is that we don't live in this world by ourselves. And you said something earlier that something about animals being strong or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I was fortunate enough to go see animals in the wild in South Africa. And mm-hmm. you see very few animals uh, by themselves. Mm. They're in a family of support. Mm. And, and when you watch them, they survive because they are part of a group. And if animals can do that that instinctively, then it must be somewhere that it's it's nature. Because if you watch them, they do. But nobody can function in this world. And there's an old, I believe it's the African proverb. You probably heard it. It takes a village. Well, everybody in that village is not equal. So I'm not suggesting, you know, you deal with, you catch the bus and then you tell 
everybody on the bus was going on with you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. if you if you make a selective choice, just like you would with clothes, you don't buy the first pair of jacket or dress or whatever you put on. You try mm-hmm. it on to see if it fits. And if mm-hmm. that person fits for you, then you're going to share more and more details. Like you said, you and Otis are doing now. Mm-hmm. You have, what is it, trust but validate? Uh, yeah, that's a real thing you just said. Trust but validate. Just mm-hmm. You can't, just like you said, like, that clothes analogy you're using is is very very good. It makes it very like you just say. You don't go on the first, when you go you looking for clothes. You don't just put on the first pair of jeans. Huh? You got to look at the size. You got to see how it fits. That's, exactly. that's very very true. Very true. Very true. So oh, I don't know if you got anything. I'm definitely. I don't want to be doing all the talking because I can go on forever. <laughs> no, it's very very informational. I would like to ask, dealing with African-Americans, right? There's been stereotypes of certain diseases or things like that. Just like uh, one, PTSD. It say, oh, that PTSD can happen only with military. You know, I've been hearing mm-hmm. this statement abroad a lot. It's just military. Is that for individuals that's uneducated? Could that happen with someone that's not in the military? You know what I'm saying? Well, well, the thing about it, I think the definition has broadened. And it's broadened to the point where now it says that if you feel like or you witness your life being in jeopardy, then you can conceivably suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome. Mm -hmm. I guess it probably did originate in the military. But now people who, who have experienced sexual abuse, domestic violence, those are areas that are now can be considered PTSD because it was trauma. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. What's your opinion on medication as far as if you're going through something or you're feeling down or, you know, because now they're pushing a lot of, like, this medication, basically, if you're feeling... If you're feeling depressed or you're feeling, you know, any kind of way, they, you know, you get medication for that. If you, if you feel in certain ways, what do you suggest first? Do you suggest first seeking some therapy or just somebody just going straight for like, I feel like I need medication to deal with this? Okay. Recognizing I'm not a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not a medical person, so I can't make a recommendation. Mm-hmm. But if I'm working with someone who has not already started medication, mm-hmm. I would encourage them to let us first try the process, assuming they are not a harm to themselves or others. Okay. Or there is, no, there is no indication at the moment they're going to hurt themselves or somebody else. Right. All right. And the other thing is if they are interested, if they do want to explore medication, then I ask them to, to, I recommend them going too far physical because there are certain physical conditions that affect your mental condition. For instance, you can have a thyroid condition Mm. and that can affect your mental health. In what what kind of ways? 
Uh, it varies, but it makes maybe maybe you feel sad or depressed. And there's oh. a difference between hmm. depressed and depression. Again, I'm not a doctor, so that's one that comes to mind. But or even diabetes, you can have low blood sugar. So you also have to have a physical evaluation. I mean, that's also an option, but that's yeah. a decision the physician would have to make. So I like what you just said. So there's a difference. I'm just, I'm picking up on little things you're saying. So you're saying there's a difference between depression and depressed, right? Yes. So because I now as like what you're saying, like as things are getting more, I don't want to say okay. I don't know. Mental health is more aware now. It's, it's getting more out there. So a lot of people saying they're depressed. You know, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. Can you, in your personal opinion, can you try to give some distinguishes between depressed and depression? Okay. Again, I'm this. These are generalities because you can't really make that decision unless you're actually dealing with someone in your office. But mm -hmm. just just to give you a general idea, people mm -hmm. that by definition that are suffering from depression have lost interest in doing things that they normally do. They have difficulty getting up and functioning every day. Uh, they start isolating themselves. Whereas people that are depressed, they may still be getting up going to work. They may still be functioning in their household. But they had a death in the family seven months ago, and the, and the grief is just now kicking in. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's, it's, so it's, so it's just, it, it's, just functioning it, it, and just being, just not feeling 100%. Depressed, yeah. I could be depressed because my money's done. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm suffering from depression. Because I'm still getting going to work every day. I'm still taking my kids. Okay. But now over time, I might get into a depressive state where I just feel like I can't do any of this. And that's what you were saying in the beginning. When something small that's not handled properly can end up building up and doing something worse. And that's just like anything, like your cholesterol. You start out, you know, it's, it's not that bad. It can be fixed. But if not checked in a timely manner in a couple of years, you end up with clogged arteries. Okay. Right. That makes sense. That right. makes sense. Now, medication is, once an evaluation is done mm -hmm. and a physician tells you that medication can help for whatever period of time under whatever circumstances, you have to think of it a bit like your glasses. I've been wearing glasses for a thousand years, but when I first got wearing glasses, I didn't think they were so cute. Yeah. So I didn't want to wear glasses. Mm -hmm. But the point was, it would help me function in a better way. Mm -hmm. So medication is just like glasses. Mm -hmm. If it's going to help you function in a more functional way, then you should really consider it as long as you're being advised by an appropriate resource. So you know how we have, it's suggested that a person go in, just like for your teeth, it's suggested that you go to the dentist twice a year. Suggested that you get a physical, I don't know, I don't want to be exact on that, I'm not sure, but I'm sure it's like at least once a year. For women, same thing, they have to, they should go see a gynecologist certain times of the year. 
So I'm not sure what's what is the what do you suggest somebody go see a therapist? Is that like something that is it anything that preventative measures or is it just like when you feel like something wrong, go see somebody? Or is it something that you can just like anything, just a physical, go get check and see. I don't know how you're doing, I guess. I don't know what you would call a cycle. I don't I don't I don't know the terms. I don't wanna fumble it, but do you get what I'm saying? Right. Well, I think basically when you feel like your life is somewhat out of control, mm-hmm. then that possibly is the time for you to talk to someone to see, to help you put it in perspective. And there are people that come to therapy to say, I mean, everybody has had various life experiences. Nobody has sailed through this life without issues. And they'll come in and say, I just don't feel like I'm in control. And then you start talking about their history and you start connecting the dots and you see that certain things were never resolved, childhood issues, various Mm -hmm. life experiences. Maybe their uh, expectations of themselves are I'm not good enough or, you know, people need to learn how to validate themselves. So you do an exploration to see what people need and what they want to achieve by coming to therapy. Mm, mm. I understand. So what if I'm feeling good? I don't feel like there's anything, but I haven't seen a therapist and I've never seen one, but I don't feel like there's a, there's immediate, there's nothing I feel like that's wrong. Do you suggest that they go see one? Anyway, or do you feel like until you no. feel like until no. you feel like something's out of out of whack? No, no. You go when you feel like something's not right. Just okay. I use this example. Just think of your mental well being like you mm-hmm. do your car. You drive around in your car and you don't mm-hmm. bother to go to the mechanic until the check engine light comes on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. You, you're very, very wise, man. I, I'm a, a huge analogy person, and you just every time you use one, you just hitting it right on the head. Like I can, it helps me get it a, a lot better. Sometimes when people are talking, it's sort of like oh, I can sort of get it. But when you use analogy, it's like something that you use commonly. Like like you said, like you ain't going to the mechanic if your check engine light ain't on. If everything's driving smooth. You're going to drive right by. But if you see a check engine light, even though you feel like the car might not, it might not have nothing, you might not feel anything physically wrong or anything, but a check engine light on, you might want to pull in and see what's going on. I, I see. Okay. Yes. I got you. Yeah. I, I got you, Ms. Robinson. Okay. Thank you. So I got, oh. a, yeah, I got a question, Ms. Robinson. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the black community, me starting to understand why people do the things they do, right? Just talk going into, you know, the black community or a minority community. A lot of people stereotype because, okay, they're doing drugs. They're doing, you know, some type of substance. And me, I noticed me when I used to feed the homeless and things like that, I know a lot of, and sit there and I talk to them. And I sit there and talk to them. A lot of, from them doing their drugs and drinking their beer and doing that, they're escaping something and exactly yeah i noticed that like when they're telling me they telling me their issues and telling me their problem and they say oh and we'll get into them why do you do that 
He's like, oh, because mm-hmm. I'm escaping the my reality right now. So that's my way of getting away for that hour or, or whatever they, that they're high. But, and a lot of people, a lot of people look at it as a negative thing. Like, yeah, I don't know if you ever dealt you, Lewis, or whatever, that dealt with an individual. Like, oh, okay, I see this individual. They ask for some change or something like that. They're like, oh, I'm not doing that because I ain't going to support their habit mm-hmm. or something like that. But, oh, I'm not going to support their habit. They're going to do this. But I look at it like, hey, you don't know what they're dealing with, especially in the black the black community. I see that a lot, you know, coming from where they want to quote, unquote, call it the hood or whatever. But mental health and but how to support that person. Yeah. Individual, yeah. Well, well. First of all, the biggest, the greatest resource a person has is their desire to make a change. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, if you have someone who's not ready, they're just not ready. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that by educating us as a group in terms of the ranges that mental health can provide people can start seeing it differently. They can see that there is some choices, different choices they could make. But like we we started out earlier, originally, first of all, they used historically diagnosis with schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. Everything was schizophrenia. You know, know, black people could go in and say, oh, well, I, I heard a voice. And then they say, oh, they're paranoid and they're having hallucinations. Well, you didn't check with them to say, well, does religion fit, religion fit any place in your life? And they'll say, yeah, I talk to God all the time. Was that person paranoid? No. <laughs> That's why it's important to have a, a cultural diversity group of therapists available because you take everything into consideration. Mm. everything Mm. into consideration because we're not made up of any one thing. We're made up of a lot of different experiences. Mm -hmm. But the person has to be willing to explore making a change. Some people come to therapy just because they want a friend. Well, the reality of it is I'm not your friend. Mm -hmm. I'm here to assist you in going the way you want. I often describe to my clients that you're the bicycle and I'm the training wheel. <laughs> and I'm asking the both of you, how long do training wheels stay on? Not that long. Yeah. Sooner or later, gotta be released. Really gotta gotta be able to ride on your okay. own. But when, when do you take the training wheels off? When you're ready. My, when I was learning, when they took them, he took them off, he said, you gotta get out there and do it. So how are you going to ever know you're ready if I don't take them off? Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. But the mm. point is, you had some training before you took the yeah. training wheels off. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't put somebody on a two-wheel bike and say, ride. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so that's, what, that's what I say to my clients. They, I'm the training wheels. I'm just here to help you study yourself to get some perspective of, of what's going on, how to establish some direction. Mm-hmm. But gradually over time, you got to take those training wheels off and you might fall. But if you've been in therapy and the therapist has worked effectively with you, 
you have some tools in your toolbox. Mm. And next time you have that experience, you think, oh, yeah, I learned some coping skills that when I get anxious like this, I can do deep breathing exercises or are recognizing your triggers. When you go back to uh, something that happened a thousand years ago and you react as if it's happening today when something similar happens, you have to determine, are you going back in your storage? Are you dealing with the here and now? Those are, those are tools that you can use over time. Mm. Okay. You, you definitely dropping some jewels now. You definitely, you dropping some jewels, Miss Robinson. I, I definitely, I just want to say I appreciate the time that you, that you taking out. I know you're a busy woman. I appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us. I appreciate, you know, giving your honest opinion. It's very rare that you, that, you know, people get to, get to talk to somebody or get to ask questions. And I'm glad that we actually putting this out there that, that, you know, we got somebody that we can, an actual professional that we can reach out to and talk to and get some real solid answers. Because sometimes when you're talking to the blind leading the blind, you're going to end up in a ditch real quick. So we got yeah. somebody with, some, with a little bit of direction to help us out a little bit. So I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to express something that I feel very strongly about. And because Otis recommended me, I particularly wanted to thank him for having that kind of um, positive feeling toward me and what he thought that I could share with the both of you. Yes, ma'am. And I, th- and I appreciate you for com- coming on because me... I know from Lewis, you had a lot of questions. So I know. Yes, I, like, I did. Man. I'm like, man, it got some, a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom and knowledge in, in, in this episode here. So if it's one thing you can sum up and say what would, to, to our community, black community or minority community, what would you let them know about mental health? Oh, let me see. That's always, I guess because I talk so much, I could never come up with just one thing. (laughs) It's okay, I'm the same way. (laughs) But I guess the one thing that I would say is that if you feel your life is unbalanced, then talk to someone. And you, you might find out that it really is not unbalanced. It's just life. If you got teenage kids and you feel like you're going crazy, you probably are. Because <laughs> 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 teenagers are a whole different breed. But sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to have somebody say, okay, that falls within the scope of normal human behavior. And mm-hmm. you're not, there's nothing wrong with you because you're struggling right now. But let's mm-hmm. see if we can find a way for you to balance it out. Sometimes people just need to talk. They need to purge. Mm-hmm. They just need to get stuff out. And then maybe they only need one or two sessions. But you don't know it unless you make that step. Mm. What I'm getting out is take that first step. If you yeah. feeling like there's something, if you feeling that there's something wrong, take that first step to seek help. Don't just go out there trying to, if you ain't a mechanic, don't try to fix a check engine like yourself. Go out there and go mm-hmm. to a mechanic and see what they can do for you. Okay, and the only thing that I would caution you on is to replace the word with uh, wrong with balance. 
If you balance. feel like your life is out of balance. Gotcha, gotcha. I like that. Balance. Mm-hmm. Everything we were just talking about, everything needs to be balanced. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, thank you, Miss Robinson. We're not gonna hold you up. Thank you. We appreciate you very much for coming on here. This is very knowledgeable. Very, very knowledgeable. Definitely good to get a a reference that's, you know, somebody that we can relate to. Because that's I feel like that's very important. Representation, you know, getting that representation out there. That definitely makes it you feel more comfortable. Let me just say you just feel more comfortable when you have somebody that you feel like you can relate to. Okay, thank you. Listen, let me ask you a couple of questions. Now, what are you going to do with this podcast? So basically what we do is identifying issues in our community, and then we want people to listen, put it out on a platform where people want problems and people can hear a solution. You get what I'm saying? So. Okay, well... If I could be of additional support, uh, one thing people are often comfortable listening to something like this as opposed to committing to go into someone's office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if this is something that you want to explore for future reference, and I'm assuming you can edit what I'm saying out if it's not appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes ma'am. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but on here too, as well, I, I like I told my uh, Lewis. On here as well, I also want to keep it keep it real and authentic. Yeah. So if we say a couple cuss words and you just you know or whatever, I want it to be real. You know, say authentic. I think realness registered better with individuals. I know it registered with me. I don't know about you, you all, but it registered better with me when it's definitely when it's with me. When, some, when like I said, relatability. If somebody's coming in and, and extremely proper, that's like okay. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can fit, see myself fitting into what they're talking about. I don't know if I can relate. But when I hear things that I can relate to, that's because I even, that's how we even started because I started getting into podcasts, like listening to them. And like you said, mm-hmm. it makes it, it makes it more familiar. So instead of when you want to take that step, but you're not sure, you listen to somebody else talking. And you, like you said, you realize that, like, okay, I'm not crazy. This is something that somebody else is experiencing. And these are the steps that they took to get better. Or these are the steps that they took when they felt like there was a lot of unbalance. So it makes you feel like, all right, that's because that was that was a main problem for me. I kept a lot of things to myself. And just like I said, in this past maybe three, four years, I just started like reaching out to like get this stuff off because I always thought like I was just crazy, like not crazy, but I just thought. I was weird. There's something wrong. Like, you know, Lewis, you weird. Something wrong with you. You know, you feeling this way. And that's because you don't talk to other people. You feel like something going on. And the person right next to you could be feeling the exact same way. But y'all both, y'all both putting on a face. Y'all both got the mask on. And poker face. Y'all not able to see the true what's really going on. Just like relationships. We pretend like everybody, we looking, everybody outside, they feel like, oh, everybody relationship, great. You don't know what's going on. You're looking at exactly. Stanley and Joe, and you feel like they, they everything is awesome. Then they go home, they got problems. So just like realizing that you're not alone in this journey, that everything that you feel, somebody else has, more than one person, has definitely probably felt that or gone through that, and you got examples of how to do that. So that's what I'm on here for, to definitely 
share my experiences and let anybody know that's feeling like me or could relate to me that I'm trying to be my authentic self. I'm not trying to be perfect because I'm not. And I hope you can get something from this, you know? Okay. Well, if you guys want to um, expand on this or just, just have these kind of general conversations, because I think the questions were good yeah. in the sense that these are questions that people ask. Yeah. So yeah. I'm open to additional possibilities if that's something you guys okay. want to do. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Definitely. Appreciate that. Well, and, and the, the reason why I'm saying it, because you two are two black males. Yes, ma'am. And if you can present mental health from this perspective, then you're going to get other black males to listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's only a woman, the both sexes, we're having a dialogue here. Mm-hmm. And that's what people need to, to hear. They need to hear Otis will tell you that I'm I'm really authentic. Sometimes to yeah. the point of too much. He warned, he warned me before I got on. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he de- he definitely let me know. He's <laughs> yeah. So, but but people can people feel that. Yeah, and yes, they do. you know, you, yes, they do. you guys are asking the questions that people want to ask, but they don't ask. Mm-hmm. Don't have the. That's yeah. what I was just telling you. They don't have that opportunity. Yeah. So you know, if you guys want to do this again and you want to be subject specific, let me know. Oh yeah, most definitely. We definitely. Yeah, we definitely. We definitely could do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're not gonna hold you up. We appreciate you, and I'll definitely be in contact again because we definitely. I I love that option. Because I think okay. I think that'll help even more, especially like subject then very very. That was good. I think that's the best one. Yeah, that's very informational, man. Yeah, so, definitely, so, definitely for me. Yeah, very very informational. So, definitely man, you know what? She closed us out, so we're gonna go ahead yeah. and end this. Hey, to end this, if you have any, if you feel like you're being unbalanced, just like she said, Miss Robinson said. If you feel yeah. like you're unbalanced, man, it's okay to go seek help. Try let's try mm-hmm. not to, you know, I know it happens sometimes. Let's try not to use, you know, a lot of us use alcohol and uh, substance, marijuana, substance, substance abuse. abuse. Basically, let's call it like it is. Yeah, substance abuse. If you're abuse. using it for the wrong reason, using it to cover something up, but, that's abuse. That's not in the correct manner. Yeah. Make sure you and sometimes you don't even know it and it's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's not sometimes a bad we thing. do things unconsciously. Just like eating, some people think they're eating because they're hungry, but they eat or some or they're bored. Or he's like, mm. "That's some you're. That's not okay. I mean, it's not. It's not not okay. Let me. I'm sorry. That's an unbalanced. Yeah. You you eat when you're you know when you're hungry. Just correct. Go ahead. Oh my bad. Yeah. No, you're okay. You're okay. <laughs> Look, man. I always say this, man. We gotta do. Th- it's nothing. We have to come up and do things. Well, you can quote unquote call it wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't call it wrong because I call it a learning experience. Yeah. You know? So if you didn't do it wrong, how would mm-hmm. you know to correct it? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So you got to make those decisions sometimes. And, and sometimes, you, but you got to take time also to hold yourself accountable. 
Yeah. And if you and like in like she was saying, be able to make you have, the, you have you to, have to be, want to be the change. You you can't see an unbalanced and not want to change. You gotta you gotta want to change and realize that these things happen all the time. Mm-hmm. They're gonna constantly be happening. And it's okay. So, and be open to the, be open to that. Yeah, and it's okay. You don't look at yourself, beat yourself down, none of that. If you mm-hmm. feel like you need to talk to somebody, anything, you feel like you're unbalanced, just like Ms. Robinson said. You feel like you've been unbalanced, reach out to somebody. Like you said, it takes a takes a village. So if you need someone to talk to, you need to even reach out to us for help. You can hit us at uh, No Cuffs, No Chains, and we can mm-hmm. help you. We can help it's not find people in your area to, to send people to you to uh, recommend you a therapist or we can send if you're in the California IE area we can try to get you with Miss Robinson or she will recommend other therapists so you can go see them but yeah. um, if you're doing it where you're doing the substance abuse always look at it like this man because I've been there I've been there instead of avoiding my I avoid my problems and I would do do things to hang out drink get drunk you know just avoid my issues but mm-hmm. then I start looking at things. I don't want nothing to have control over me. Mm-hmm. Where it have too much control over me. So I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. It's, it's starting, <laughs> Sorry about it's starting, that. Okay, it's starting to become an issue. So, yeah. man, just to sum this up, man, if you're feeling unbalanced and you feel like you need to talk to someone, if it's an emergency, remember, we're not no health professionals. So please go out and call 911. You feel like you're going to harm yourself and you're at that area. Or call somebody around you. Yeah, or, go, you know. or talk to somebody. Like I said, you can yeah. hit us at no cuffs, no chains, and we I sit there and DM you all day. Lewis will DM you all day. So yeah. you can hit us on our personal page. Doesn't matter if you need to reach out to someone. We're trying to just give problems and have solutions at the same time. Not just talk yeah. about not exactly. Talk that's about that's the that's the main thing that we on no cuffs, no chains. That's the main thing we want to do. We want to come up with. A lot of people are good at recognizing problems, but not good at thinking of solutions. And that's what we need. We, it's good. It's oh, it's great to see the problem. That's the first. That's the start. But now we got to start thinking of solutions, and that's what we about. Like we saying, like we want to uncuff, unchain ourselves from any stigmas, from any substances, mm-hmm. abuse, or any kind of abuse, physical, mm-hmm. mental. We want to uncuff, unchain ourselves from that, and that's that's what I get. When I think about no cuffs, no chains, it goes a long way. It doesn't go from the physical. It goes from the physical being cuffed and chained, and it goes from mentally being cuffed and chained. And there's a lot more mental cuffs and chains on the African-American community than we know of. So let's, you know, release ourselves and let's, you know, get, seek out the things that we need, y'all. And that being said, Lewis just... End that up, man. I appreciate y'all. Y'all love, peace, and have a solid mind. Peace. Peace. Starting a war, screaming peace at the same time. All the corruption and justice, the same crimes. Always a problem if we do or don't fight and we die, we don't have the same right. What is a gun to a man that surrenders? What's it gonna take for someone to defend her? If we all agree that we're equal as people, then why can't we see what is evil? I can't breathe. You're taking my life.